You're listening to Around Comics. listening to around comics episode 451 welcome back it's thursday which means we're live on youtube and facebook and all those places and we have a very special episode in store for you folks uh we're doing something new we're we're trying something new here on around comics after all these years we're gonna we have a new segment this is the brainchild of mr christopher neesman format change format change as we've been known to do in the past uh, this is going to be around comics under the influence. What is under the influence? Well, basically, we have special guests on, and they're going to talk about one single issue of a comic book that has influenced them in some way in their work or their life or whatever it may be. And this week, we are joined by a very special guest, a friend of the program, an alumni, an around comics alumni, Mr. Will I'm Piper. How I'm are you, Will? Honored. I'm honored to be here. I very much am. Um, well, the you, you you are you are in the larger around comics family as one of our co-hosts for right, right. Five. Yeah, but here this uh, is what we refer yeah, to as yeah. the a, the AC fam. That's right, the AC fam. What we call it. <laughs> as we call it <laughs> the fam. Um, so the book that you have chosen as as the the one one single issue because we kind of put a, a a hard limit on it. it had to be one single issue you picked uh daredevil issue 181 it is a double special size. double it's size double size i think this is a rule yeah, yeah. that we'll have to no double size <laughs> yeah so I, 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 I do, do appreciate I appreciate Will. I appreciate Will kicking this off by going with Citizen Kane, just so we can get it out of the way. Right? Now, when you do Centaurs yeah, you... number one, Chris, we won't be as like... you know when Will's when Will's on Film Force Five, like getting him to pick a mainstream movie, like a you know, it's like it's always something from the 1920s. It's some foreign film, something mm-hmm. you know, a British film or something, and it's like. Yeah, for comics. Oh, Daredevil one eighty one. I'm just going to pick one of the most like classic and and renowned comic books. But this of all comic time, is over so what there forty we... years old now. This is uh, a yeah. yeah. Hey, that's, that's and this is the issue. I bought this years. on my local corner store before I even started going to comic book stores. This was just off the rack at the corner store. It was a dollar cover price for a double issue back then. Oh Holy my god! Yeah. <laughs> That is kind of crazy. Um, I, I too, I mean, I was, I've been a Daredevil fan pre Frank Miller. I was buying uh, just around, bef- just before he started, you know, doing Daredevil is when I started buying Daredevil. And yeah, I, I also bought it. I didn't go and dig mine out because I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in a, in a box somewhere, but I did dig out the omnibus that has yeah, it, it on the cover. Mm-hmm. Of the uh, oh my green screens kind of screwing it yeah. up but there there you go the Daredevil one eighty one um, it's yeah so I don't know how I, we we haven't done this before so I guess you know we got to kind of figure out what what this is going to be but I guess let's start with um, why you, yeah why why, why this well, issue? Why? Um, I was been buying I 
this is a couple years after I really got into comics and I started buying like, you know, Batman and DC Comics Presents and Brave and the Bold. And then I switched over to Marvel when I discovered the Burn Claremont X-Men. So I was really into that. And somehow I stumbled onto almost the first issue of Miller's Daredevil. It was just like, I don't know what cover or... I mean, because I didn't hear about it anywhere back then. I didn't have any fanzines and there was no internet, obviously. So I just stumbled onto it and I loved it. And, you know, I was really into, you know, it was all ninjas and Electra back then. And so Mm -hmm. when I saw this issue and you read on the cover, it says Bullseye versus Electra. One wins, one dies. And even then, in the early days, I had seen that dodge a million times. So I never actually figured anyone would die in this issue. But... Spoiler alert, Electra does in fact die in this issue. Now she's been brought back multiple times, but you know, as far as this one was concerned for a while, she was actually dead. And uh so that part that sort of made it memorable. That was at a time in comics where I mean deaths had a more of a prominence right. to them. I mean there wasn't there weren't a lot of characters that had, you know, come back. You know, this is yeah, it's also like the the era of you know, death of right. Captain Marvel, and where it's like, yeah, he was Phoenix. Never gonna this come had back, to be right? the era of Phoenix dying. So I can't, it might've yeah. been just a little before this, maybe I can't quite remember when, but yeah, it was that era. And those deaths were, they felt permanent, even if they weren't permanent, but they sure felt that way. And uh, so that was one reason it was memorable, but plus it's, uh, you know, just like Sal, you just showed the splash page where it, I mean, <laughs> how that, you know, and this has a comics code seal on it, by the way. This is yeah. a violent comic. It, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people die. And you know, this is the era you can see the blood is black. Like that's how they dodged good, yeah. I guess. All the blood was black. But there is a lot of shadows. Lots in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> well, it works mm-hmm. with Miller's art for it sure. It works perfectly. Right? And the other thing is, I mean, this is just Miller and Jansen at, you know, just peak synergy. I mean, not only Klaus Jansen's inks on this, but him, probably more importantly, in a way, his colors are incredible in this issue. And, you know, I've got I'm looking at the old smelly newsprint issue, so I'm not sure if, if it works as well on glossy paper. But, boy, it, it just looks great. It's like a limited <laughs> color palette. And, yeah. you know, there's actually some uh, duotone shade he uses in various places here and there or some zip tone. And it really, you know, it's so the art story but also this is one miller you know this is obviously pre-dark knight pre uh born again pre-year one all pre-ronin even and um he was really you know it's it's so unlike other marvel or especially dc comics of the day really thin panels either vertical or horizontal i mean he breaks up the page in really interesting ways you know he packs a lot of panels on some pages so it's very, you know, it really controls that rhythm. It's really tight. But then he has a page where Bullseye is is lying around drinking, and he stumbles onto what he thinks is Daredevil's secret identity, and it's just a giant, like a uh, you know, big panel of Bullseye with call, white I, space. I, I call it the ha, ha 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 page, page. right? And it's it's so yeah. graphically, you know, it's beautifully done, and you know, I mean, Miller. Nowadays, I mean, he's been around, you know, it's like almost 50 years in the business, I guess. And, you know, his stuff now is, you know, it's it's whatever it is. And he's done some good stuff and he's done some, you know, his style has certainly loosened up over the years. But boy, he could really draw back then. And and he really knew how to use word balloons sparingly. I mean, the, the page where Electra actually gets killed, there's no dialogue at all. There's one 
piece of dialogue on the next page where she says Matt, but I mean, it reads so differently from your average comic of the time. And, and, and even, you know, it's, it's continuing what he did in earlier issues, but it just, uh, even now when I, I haven't read it in probably 10 years. And when I just reread it today, it, I don't know, it holds up. I mean, some parts don't hold up perfectly, but boy, it pulls you right through and it, uh, yeah, it just works as a, it, it just it works so well as a story with its peaks and its valleys and it's all building to a big moment and then after the big moment we have sort of the the denouement where uh you know the follow up and it it's good it's good stuff it's also dedicated to Wally Wood by the way I noticed because he I think he must have died just before this was completed or something yeah I think he passed away right at that mm-hmm. I think they like announced it in the letters page yeah it says we dedicate of that to Wally Wood who of course drew very early issues of Daredevil with us Dan. Mm-hmm. and i inked one of miller's covers i want to say on daredevil like the one with matt holding his dead dad in the boxing ring i i want to say well he wouldn't ink that one of his last things oh I, okay I, oh there's the there's the frank castle yes, that's Can't right know. and that's yes. that's well used this is before he became the icon of police officers everywhere you know but uh <laughs> and this is is this before or after maybe it's Maybe written after, but published before. But they had those two issues of Daredevil with PCP that originally they didn't publish because of the code. And then they, I think they published them. They slotted them in later, but it was Daredevil versus the Punisher or something. And it's, Miller's first run on Daredevil is an interesting time in comics. Right? Yeah. It's There's, uh, there's the uh, Daredevil-Punisher. Uh, the two-part story is... Issues one eighty. Okay, so almost right after this, then. Yeah, yeah, and that was like very controversial. I remember they had to. I think they had to hold because yeah. it showed drug use. Oh, that's the. Well, it's got the uh, the the great cover. Uh, it's the the Daredevil kind of dirty hairy cover. Mm. Yeah, those covers. Yeah, I mean, it held. I haven't read it in a long time. It held up. The one part that did make me laugh is when Bullseye is like, "She's chained as a ninja." And it's supposed to be like a real like mic drop moment yeah. of like oh <laughs> oh Wait, no way thought- she trained as a ninja oh no <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why that struck me as funny like just like very eighties like oh very ninja 80s. like that's all you need to that's all you need to say is like hey man that's it so many more they're specific they're no oh, just ninja basic ninja basic ninja. <laughs> yeah. ninja. What more do you need? One panel that struck me in this, I'm looking, it's when Bullseye Bullseye narrates the whole issue. And so he's narrating it as we see Matt Murdock at home getting news that he's escaped on the radio. And he's walking past the wall with tons of photographs and pictures on the wall. And I'm wondering, why does Matt Murdock have all those pictures on the wall? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's for For guests. guests. It's for guests. Well, I mean, you know. But this does. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've. I don't think I've read this in a long time. Like I, and I didn't read it when it came out at the time. It was only years later. Cause I, I am not a big Daredevil fan. Like I'll read mm-hmm. Daredevil sometimes, but it's certainly not something like I usually pick up. It has to be for whatever reason. I'm like, Oh, I hear that this is good. I'll go get it. And even then I might like slide out of there. But yeah, I mean, just like in reading this after having not read it in a long time, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like these are really this this is this is really good, you know. And it's like the use of narration. It's like 
he he like kind of switches what kind of book it is at times mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, oh, this is a superhero book. And then it's suddenly like, oh, actually, this is just like a martial arts story. And then it's like a revenge story. And it's like sometimes it's all thought. All, it's all, you know, captioned. And sometimes it's all dialogue. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's neither. And like just like switching it up throughout the book. So it's kind of like, I don't really know what's going to happen next, you know? And it's like, it's surprising. It is. And it's, I was, I couldn't remember. I mean, I remember the, the, you know, the big events of the story, but some of the stuff and it surprised me. I'd completely forgotten that bullseye sort of stumbles onto Daredevil's secret identity. He later is tricked into Mm -hmm. thinking he was wrong, but then he presents it to Kingpin and Kingpin is like, oh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But, of course, later, Miller would come back to Daredevil and use yeah. that for just a, you know. I think yeah. Born Again is Born one again. of the great, you know, Marvel superhero stories. And, you know, he really made the most of it. But here it's... Oh, for sure. The way... Yeah, I love... I mean, I think one of my favorite... Uh, I was going to say, it's one of my favorite scenes where, where Bullseye throws the scalpel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Matt... It, Stops yeah. it with his cane, and that's the the big tip off. I was like, "What a great way for yeah. you know for this maniac." It's like, well, yeah. If 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 it's not Daredevil, I'm gonna kill this very prominent <laughs> New York City lawyer. You know, if yeah. it is, then I'll know because yeah. I'm a psychopath. I mean, I think there's something very Frank Miller about like Daredevil's identity gets figured out because, like, of course, someone would figure it out. You like. You're a lawyer. You're not like a mechanic. Right, yeah, he's a, like, and a of course, profile so. lawyer who's in the papers all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, of course. It, I mean, it's not even like Bullseye is some sort of mad genius. He's just like, oh, that guy kind of looks like Derek. You know, like he just kind of like pieces it together because, yeah, of course, you're, you know, like they, you're, you know, like the fact that Matt Murdock's like mix of like doubt and sort of hubris. Love like oh yes like I can do all of these things and then it's like of course someone's gonna figure it out like you're not magic you're not like Superman with like duplicate robots to help cover like it's like yeah someone figured it out you get up in front of people and you talk all the time yeah, his voice and you're all yeah. over the place yeah. and you know looking at the cover and I don't know if I've ever noticed before Daredevil has he has no eye holes in his costume so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. His and his are, ears are covered up and yeah. ear yeah. things on the costume. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I also like the whole. It uh, it starts the the reason Bullseye is able to escape from prison is because he is interviewed on the Tom Snide show. <laughs> Very good. <Yeah. laughs> and he escapes them. But it's you know I don't think I I realized at the time, but I've since learned. I think Tom Snyder had Manson on his show once. And this had to be what Miller's referencing. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a precursor to how how Miller uses his, you know his views on on media mm-hmm. and like DKR. Mm-hmm. We start we see a lot of the those breadcrumbs that go back into Daredevil. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors? and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels. Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. 
The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. It was interesting. I, like, I was thinking about that scene. Um, and then I was thinking about um, the uh, Quentin Tarantino script for the um, mm-hmm. uh, Natural Born Killers mm-hmm. and the scene where how. Uh, Woody Harrelson's character gets out of jail because he's being interviewed by you know yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Wayne Gale, and, and then he uses that to break out. And it's like, gee, I wonder if uh, you know, because that was a decade later, yeah. or, you know, or more. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that was sort of influenced by. I, I think. By Miller. I think it's safe to say that Quentin Tarantino has read Daredevil oh, one eighty one. Sure. He's a, yeah, I think he has. <laughs> and you know, Probably. the scene where where bullseye does escape and he does it by it's established earlier that if he gets these horrible splitting headaches and the guard will give him a pill and calm him down. And he, uh, he fakes a headache, he gets the pill and then he spits the pill into the guard's eye and distracts him. I really, I thought it was like, okay, even if, how's he going to get out? Cause he's got these giant shackles on and all that. It was, yeah. it reminded me sort of, of how Alan Moore, the scenes with Rorschach in prison and you're like, well, how's he going to get out? And it's like mm-hmm. kind of smart and exciting to see how he does it. I think it, it's pretty good to see, you know, Bullseye sort of use his powers and use his smarts to get out. Now, he also hijacks a police helicopter that he flies into Manhattan. I still don't know how yeah. you land with nobody noticing you. And you'd think it'd be easy to keep track of a police yeah. helicopter, but... Yeah, uh, it off know. like, oh, there he goes. Yeah. Like, he's got he's the helicopter. Yeah. If only we could do something about it. <laughs> 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 if only we had another helicopter. We only have one. Uh, he got it. Well, it was the, yeah. it was the early eighties. And you know, yeah. I'll be honest. When yeah. I was a kid and I read this, I'm sure I didn't think of it. You know, I was just so excited. Think that, yeah. No, of course, of course, he escapes in a helicopter. That's how super villain villains escape um, mm-hmm. prison. That's right. He was on. He was on yeah, Rikers. I mean, that's the thing about. I was. Yeah. I was rereading um, uh, an old comics journal interview that was around the time this probably came out. And he, he actually has a quote. He says like, I wish I was writing about Gotham city. Cause then I could basically, he could do anything. But if he's writing about New York, he feels he has to be some sort of realistic. And, uh, you know, and, and he does, you know, he has the, he's on Rikers Island, I think. And then into Manhattan and he uses the cabs and the elevated train. Although there aren't that many elevated trains in Manhattan, but you know, it's, it, it is a very New York book. And this is before I ever went to New York. So I, you know, this is what my vision of New York yeah. was like, was this and various cop shows. But, uh, you know, it's a. Uh... I mean, we've talked on here about how if you're the being like, I'm the guardian of Hell's Kitchen is like a very reasonable amount of territory. Yeah. To like, it's not a block. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be. <laughs> Especially for a guy that it's doesn't fly. Like like it's like, what's building? This is like. <laughs> It's like a, it's a neighborhood. It's a, you know, it's a reasonable amount. It's not the whole island. No, but like, let's not get crazy. It's too bad. It's a good chunk. I guess it's too bad. Dare, Daredevil could not protect Hell's Kitchen. That's right. He, that is the foe <laughs> no, he could not conquer. <laughs> that that's that's the one weird thing is is that reading comics from you know the 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 crime comics from the seventies and eighties. They were in a New York that was really like slum lords and and very yeah. high crime and it's just like, that might be the thing for you know like a gen zer to read what? this and be like <laughs> uh i've been to manhattan Nobody there's can no place like there. this <laughs> it's, 
The first time I ever went to Manhattan or New York in general was in 87. And it still had a little bit of this vibe to it. Nowadays, though. Mm -hmm. That's such fuck. You know, cleaned up Times Square. One of the things about this reading it again that that really struck me, you know, a couple of things were just one as a kid reading it. It was like, oh, wow, this is a continuation of this story. You know, like Frank Miller up until not that he was the first to ever do it, but like there was a sense of these characters are all interacting with other and affecting each other's lives. And that story just continued to play out with Kingpin and Daredevil and Elektra and Gladiator and all these characters that, that Matt dealt with. You see them come back later. And this was one of those things where it's like, oh, wow. Bullseye's really affected by his last mm-hmm. fight with Daredevil. Like, and that was something mm-hmm. I felt was really kind of unique in the sense where you didn't really have that. Like, you know, Spider-Man would fight, fight the vulture and, and then, the, yeah. you know, yeah. And it wasn't like a continuation of psychological, you know, torture that he's going through. And that, that I thought was so brilliant of Miller to, and I think this is, you know, his use of bullseye really so, elevated yeah. that character mm-hmm. to such an iconic villain because like you said, it's from his point of view and he uses that so well to really get into the mind of this character and, and, and see why he's so driven and so, you know, <coughs> crazed by daredevil and, and just, you know, is just has to try and kill him. And he mm-hmm. just, you know, does what he does, kills Electra and tries to kill foggy and all these characters. And, and, it, it, I just thought it was such a unique kind of thing at that time in comics that nobody had really been doing that, where you're seeing this stuff play out. And then, you know, the the other part of it is just uh, the way that um, this story isn't about Matt. You know what I mean? Like, it's really not about Matt Murdock. This it's, is a bullseye it, story. It's all, yeah, it's all and, from ahead, his Will. point of view. I mean, he's in it more than Daredevil a lot and uh, even when Mm -hmm. what's interesting is you know he thinks first he thinks daredevil is matt murdoch and then he thinks he was wrong so as he's narrating and at the end he's saying you know well i might not have gotten you daredevil but your friend matt murdoch hopefully this hurt him or something and of course then you see matt i I think that i mean you know it's not i mean it's you know it's not the most spectacular writing ever but especially for back then and even now it's just smart writing like have the narration be about the characters you're looking at but the narrator doesn't know really what's going on but it reflects on you know it you it makes it more powerful because he doesn't realize he is talking about daredevil when he's talking about matt murdoch and then you see matt all sad at the grave Mm -hmm. and all that and yeah it's really good that issue i I love how bullseye in the narration is like constantly making himself out to be yeah oh yeah Oh yeah, right. Right. all these things that Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Is you done. did this to yeah. me. You made this me do your this. Fault. You, this you is know, your fault. That and, issue. But also, yeah. A real quick word. That issue because they flash back to him when he was on the train tracks and Daredevil saved him. I forget what issue that was. It was not too many before this. That's also a really strong issue, and it's a really bullseye focused issue. And um, it's yeah, it's so nice to see it play <laughs> off like not just plot wise, but like psychologically. Like he hasn't forgotten, and this he's really yeah. pissed about it. Yeah, and Bullseye has got and it's like, clarity and as opposed to Matt. You know, like Bullseye is like he has no doubt about like what he's doing. He's not like he's crystal clear on like what he wants to do. And you know, in comparison to 
Daredevil, whose you know character is so like angsty at times and like sort of you know at like times. what what do I do? Am I doing the right? You know, like there's clear. You know, yeah. Bullseye is clear. He does not have any doubt. Focus. You know, and like yeah. that comparison to like not really ever. You know, Daredevil barely. I don't. I can't even remember if him in costume ever says a single yeah, word. Yeah, I don't know. I other than like he might not like yeah, as opposed to like you know when he's lawyering it up and talking a lot. But you know, just like that idea that Bullseye is has that clarity of purpose that you know Daredevil, even though he's the hero, never seems to have the exact clarity of like, what is it I'm trying to do? Like, am I doing the right thing? You know, he's always racked by them. Well, it's the, it's the Catholic yeah. guilt. Yeah, I mean, totally. The, and know, even at, that, Bullseye yeah. does not have Yeah, that. even at the end when Bullseye no. is, you know, laying there literally paralyzed from the neck mm-hmm. down or something, he still is, I mean, and, and the motif that goes through this whole issue, I don't know how many panels have it, but just his eyes staring out, his eyes staring out, his eyes staring out. And that's the last thing you see. And he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to, yeah. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to get you. This is just another prison. And even Electra, who, you know, she was the cold, icy killer and all this. She has that moment when she's going to kill Foggy. And he says, wait, you were Matt's girl in college. And there's that panel where she yeah. like breaks her. Just, you know, And it's a really, it's like a really nicely drawn picture of her face where their eyes wide. And she's suddenly she's not the cold killer. And that essentially is where she's, She's doomed. She dies after that. She's like let her guard down, and now gone. But it's that last moment of of kindness mm-hmm. that we see from her. That you know, in a, in a weird way, if you look at this, and I, we can have different opinions. I I look at this as kind of like the end of Miller's larger King. Yeah, I story, think so. Right. It's like, and then the next issue is mm-hmm. more of an epilogue, right? Um, you know, and I think that that moment where she lets Foggy go is like the redemption of mm-hmm. Electra in a lot of ways. Um, well, I think it, it, it comes later. I mean, in a, you know, um, a bit, but within um, within this story, if this were the end of Miller's like arc, that that he's the or the larger the larger because she dies a few pages. That's later. just how I look. There's it. that, and she her last word is Matt when she's on his doorstep. She goes to his house. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's, I mean it's it's a great fight scene. It's brutal I mean, it too. Is, it is co- comics one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. This is a fight scene. So good. I I still the the I will I will argue that this line here. Put up pretty good fight, Toots. You're pretty good, but me, mm-hmm. I'm magic. Mm-hmm. Is one of the most mm-hmm. badass fucking lines from a villain. And then he hits her in the throat with an ace. And then of he says, card. "And now for my next <laughs> trick." And then you get yeah, that panel trick. that's like and, the legendary, yeah, well, you know. And and she killed so many people right, like that. Like for a long time, Daredevil was just panel after panel of people's shirts being pushed out and not for yeah. somehow not ripping it goes through their chest and bones but you know that fabric is yeah. strong <laughs> unstable yeah, molecules. Obviously unstable not molecules. That sharp, right? there, there could be some you know uh bone and there is they, but they don't the want that, that would not get know, it in code authority i i think it just it does look cool, cool. so <laughs> and it, yeah. do you think maybe would if they if they showed the 
bloody sigh would that have not gotten past the comics code? i don't reading this issue i mean it must either the code just didn't care at this point or yeah you know somebody paid somebody off at the old now it wouldn't get throats are getting slit with cards like it's just it's gruesome it's like you know it's a man you know two assassins but it's a man killing a woman beating her and then killing her it's pretty brutal plus the smoking alone wouldn't get it a code pass now (laughs) (laughs) i uh, i wanted to point out something that i noticed like we talked you talked about the black blood but cleverly they use this pink mist Mm -hmm. uh every time someone dies and on the first page with daredevil getting shot in the head the whole rest of the page is this pink mist and that's a and that the page with that uh, panel right there with whatever is the pink mist right that pink the pink mist and that's Klaus Jansen I I think that up on that that is so cool it's Mm -hmm. a really clever use of 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 a you know effect um you know because that's sort of the that's that you know kind of thing of like uh you know a shot gunshot it's like that pink mist of of blood little tiny droplets of blood and yeah so that's obviously a very you know uh thought I mean I think I don't I, I wonder if it's I'm trying to see where else you know kind of kind of the way you're looking for that the brilliance of yeah. of Miller you know you listen to comic book artists and writers and will you're you you actually do this um, about getting your characters to act yeah. on page his characters just act at, at this at this point in his career it you you feel like you're watching a I mean, movie that's, and that's the thing it's like you know reading this this is before I had discovered like Will Eisner, you know, and so it's, I mean, it's hard to explain now how different this was from virtually every other comic. I mean, even really good comics, like, you know, the X-Men or, you know, Teen Titans, which was a lot of fun. They didn't look like this. Mm -hmm. They weren't this stripped down and, you know, it was just, they just didn't feel the same, the same way. Yeah. I love the uh, the 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 bullseye, the end of the bullseye fight with Daredevil. That um, after all the talk of training and all of that, it's like this simple act of yeah. balance that he uses to to, to beat him. It's such good bouncing on the yeah. wire. Just yeah, yeah, that wire. The wire bends in a weird way, though. At one point, I'm not quite sure how that worked. It's like goes and then it. <laughs> but you know, in the end, but that's just like. I was going to say, in the end, I mean, because it's all contrasting to the last time they fought, Daredevil saved his life, and he hates that. And this time, Daredevil does not save his life. But Daredevil really didn't have a choice, because he's holding him, and Bullseye brings the sigh up. He had to let go. I mean, he couldn't have have decided to hold on. He's also fucking pissed. But all he does (laughs) is drop him. I think it's... The enemy just drops him, you know, and he falls... I th- yeah, I think it's a little ambiguous in the sense of like, well, we don't want Matt right. to be a cold-blooded killer. So there's kind of an excuse there, yeah. but you're not going to kill anyone mm-hmm. anymore. You'll yeah, no I mean, he says it. You, you'll again. you'll kill no just, one ever again. No sound yeah. effects on that page. He just hits, and you know, he hits like right on his neck. It's good. Yeah, but I mean, that's a very daredevil Something thing to do. To be like, oh, I'm just gonna. And let him break his back. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill him. I'm just. I'm just. Gonna, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll feel okay about this later. He, I'm sure this won't be. He goes to the hospital then, and like 
one or two issues later and like holds a gun on him while he does a monologue for the whole issue or something well yeah that's that's the issue yeah the the famous i love that cover yeah that's Daredevil. It. no more mr nice guy and and like terry austin it, or whatever the, the, how do i know this the, dirt, be, the dirty uh, harry cover yeah yeah the dirty harry well speaking of like movies so and we talked about this on film force five but you know uh was it 1980 that uh, no, Taxi that Driver like came 76. out? That was you know, a few years earlier. <clears throat> yeah, Ranger. oh, you're. I think but you're still, Ranger that was definitely was in the air. Okay. You know, I mean that there were yeah. so many new in the air, like the the Death Wish sequels and all that were out around then, and yeah. But just the idea of like seeing it from mm-hmm. Bullseye's perspective, it reminds yeah. me of like Taxi and that Driver monologue. in that sense, of, like. This driven, yeah, the monologue, the driven, you know, sort of psychosis of Bullseye and and why, you know, kind of the peek into the mind of a, a maniac kind of thing, yeah. which I always, is similar. Oh, well, it's in the narration, and we talk about him, you know, building up his victimhood. It's it's almost like he's he's pleading with you to think of him right, as like, the hero. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. This is my yeah, story. Even though, you know, I'm the yeah. hero here. I'm the one you should be identifying with, and yeah. Who do you think he's talking to? I don't know. It's just, I don't. I mean, if you think of yeah. it like in a meta way, like who who is who is Bullseye? I've literally never thought of that. that. He's yeah. talking. He's talking to Daredevil, right? Like, yeah, he does talk. Actually, because he says yeah. you've got to Daredevil. suffer first. Yeah, he is talking to Daredevil, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, just, it's interesting because I I actually kind of take it a little like the thing that interests me about this reading it now is how to me unmarvelly bullseye is as a villain as like he is like like he's he, he it's not like um like a a doctor doom or like a later stage magneto where you're sort of like oh i can see like glimmers of something that's recognizable as like it's like bullseye is a homicidal like maniac, mm-hmm. like he's coming to kill that he doesn't No, he's not sympathetic. He's not sympathetic. He way. has no, like, there is no redemption. There is no larger, like, goal that somehow you could see him as perhaps being the hero. You know, like, he wants to kill Daredevil and he wants to hurt the people around him. And he's very clear about doing that the entire time. But he kills and, a lot like, of people in this issue who aren't electra i mean he kills a yeah. bunch of cops and yeah. sort of you know criminal bystanders cops, criminals and, yeah. he's a psychopath it doesn't matter they're just they kind of in his yeah, way they're not, and it's a factor to him yeah, yeah. but it, i mean it's interesting just in the context to me of like oh you know like this is very like not sort of marvelly as far as like what you would say is like a marvel villain is like this guy not even like the kingpin who the kingpin you could kind of see is like he not like a you, he's got a humanity yeah, he's got his wife him at time. He, yeah exactly yeah there's elements of him that you can recognize whereas like miller's made bullseye sort of like unflinchingly like mm-hmm. intense and like he has he's crystal clear and like nothing will short of death and probably not even death will stop him from what he's from what he's going to do it's great i mean it's a great and he used bullseye like throughout you know he he was in that one issue and i think maybe once or twice before in miller's run i mean he you know and i don't before that bullseye was just 
a guy. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't much. I mean, it's also... You, you go back and read some of the earlier Daredevil issues with Bullseye, and he is almost arcade-like in his cartoonishness. Mm-hmm. He's really feels like a circus villain. Um, I think even one of the issues mm-hmm. is at a circus. Um, yeah, the Miller, I mean, Miller did what Miller does. He he took that that kernel of that idea of that character and was like, no, this is a cold-blooded killer. He's a psychopath, and we're going to portray him like that. He's an Remember assassin. when Oscar nominee Colin that. Farrell played him in the movie and he had that he had like he was bald yeah. and had the bullseye brand on his forehead or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> but just like we have come a long way. You know the way that uh, Miller lets like the story sort of unfold with the like the just like the the aspect that bullseye is like I said earlier, he's not a he's not a genius. He's not like some like sort of like super genius who's got some trick. But he's not even particularly like clever. Like he, yeah. he's yeah. like he's, he's shrewd. A, he's upset. Yeah. He's upset. And he's you yeah. know he he just, knows what he wants he to do and he just keeps moving forward. You know he hears that. You know, Foggy Nelson is is a target of Electra, so he slaps that bug on his back, follows him. I mean, it's pretty simple what he does, and you know he he uh, Daredevil uh, first appeared in. I mean, Bullseye first first appeared in Daredevil oh. one thirty one in March nineteen seventy six, mm-hmm. uh, created by Marv Wolfman and okay. John Romita Senior. Ah, um, and. Uh, he he first battles and defeats Daredevil at a circus that's the, to establish that's his reputation as an extortionist. He wasn't no, an so assassin. It wasn't his no, shit. Like, no, he could no. use anything as a weapon. Like, you know, he uses yeah. the pill. Yeah. Isn't yeah, there, yeah. There's a scene in some issue where he oh, kills play, a... Play, playing cards. Is he killed like cards. a fly with a paper clip or something? He like yeah. hits him in that. Yeah. yeah, probably. Well, that was that was the Colin Farrell bit. Is that he kills a bunch of people, but you know, he it's he undoes the paper clip and and uses it to kill somebody. So they pick yeah. that bit up. But yeah, I think that they actually use that in this episode pretty well. That anything can be a, a mm-hmm. weapon to him, you know. And then there's the the whole thing of him using, you know. Electra's own weapons her, right. to kill her and then to And fight at this Matt, point, those so. weapons were like iconic because she used them all the time, you know, those size. I mean, because it was like, you, you're right, it was ninjas were big. Yeah, you know, we used to go to flea markets and buy throwing stars and stuff like that. And it was the <laughs> era. Real, yeah, real, real throwing, throwing stars. stars. They it sold those, they sold yeah. them to children. Yeah. And there's a part where he's in a waterfront I, bar and like I, these like fat yeah. killers like immediately. Bust out the nunchucks and it's like <laughs> it was just in the air back in the eighties. If you were like a crook. I owned I I owned uh multiple katana nunchucks, throwing mm-hmm. stars, sigh. I had a pair of sigh. Uh That's the thing, yeah, man. It, I had you got Frank Miller. It was a like, real Chinese throwing stars when yeah, I we was would like throw them and hit trees. My, oh, me, yeah, they were the greatest. Me and my friends one Halloween all walked around with real fucking katanas in in full head to toe ninja costumes, slicing up pumpkins all over town, got stopped by the police. Yeah. 
and they just were like, That's okay, kids. have a good Halloween. That would not happen now, <laughs> my friend. Like, we're like 12 years old, right? Probably with sword. Sharp, like, yeah, with sharpened fucking swords <laughs> in all black ninja costumes. Oh, my. It was like terrorizing the neighborhood. And yeah, it, it really Yeah, was. Frank Miller to think for the, for yeah. the, just the, the, the whole ninja culture, you know, really becoming. Well, I mean, obviously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was so influenced by yeah, this exactly. run of Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, all oh, yeah, 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 and and created that just yeah a, a frenzy of ninja yeah. movies and TMNT everything else. Is a love letter to Miller. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone always oh, cites yeah, Ronan, Daredevil. but it's really Daredevil. You know, I mean, Daredevil. They they their origin story it is, is as the Daredevil, same right? incident as as the, the radioactive stuff and yeah, all that. Yeah, hits him and then goes into the, the hand and the foot. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, she it's was trained far, as a ninja. Uh, oh, sh- oh yeah, shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we talked oh, about no. it earlier in the episode. He's he's like he's like, and I know what you're doing. You're off practicing your karate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, this was at a magical time where people still thought like karate yeah. and ninjutsu yeah, were like real effective. Well, those were the combat. only two. Daredevil's off at his fancy oh, gym had, practicing, practicing his karate. <laughs> no, you had you had kung you fu as well. And you had kung like was what's this oh, yeah, yeah, of, sure. like you know the ninja, uh, you know taekwondo, the, ninja the domination, and all those movies were. Oh, the oh, that the can, yeah, can and Franco Nero is a ninja. Yeah. Cannon had a bunch Italian of, yeah. actor, American ninja, American ninja. You had all the uh, Shokasugi movie, uh, Kas- mm-hmm. Kasugi, Kasagi, Shokasagi, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, we've yeah, talked all, about all that book, yeah. but and, that, that yeah. I, I don't know if you got it, Sal, but I was talking about this. There's this incredible coffee table book called Our Fist Break Bricks that's all about like martial arts pop culture from the 60s to essentially like the late 80s. But it has all the ninja stuff and when nunchucks were popular, and it even has like a whole thing on Count Dante and his karate school. And, Oh, count! I someone needs to do an independent comic about content. Like, like Ed Pisker needs to do a Count Dante I mean, comic. Like, right? Like, it seems like right up his alley. I, I know who could write it. God, I remember there's this kid in my grade school who loved Ninja. He was like the one who bought Ninja Stars, and like he had like the catalogs with all like the Ninja stuff in it. We had to do this thing where we had to do reports on like every country, <laughs> oh, no. right? And he picked of Japan, <laughs> and his report was solely about like ninjas and samurai. And that was there was no I, no other information. I, wa- nice. I want to read no. that report. Yeah. I, I want to be friends with him. I want to read wanna... that. <laughs> you know. So okay, have you, any of you seen the movie? It's a Chuck Norris movie yeah, oh, called yeah. The Octagon. So. I don't know how long ago it was 1980 is when it came out. And I think it was a Canon movie. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie, but I challenge you because I watched it one night and I might've been a little either high or intoxicated (laughs) on something. And I started to get in my head, the thought that the movie is really about a psychopath, Chuck Norris, who's like paranoid delusional and thinks he's being attacked by ninjas all the time, but is really just murdering like people that. all around town. <laughs> and if you watch that movie with that in mind, it's a totally and different a film movie. and it's way better. I, sh- 
I want yeah, to point movie. out as long it's as we're so on the topic bad. of uh, karate is that in this original <laughs> issue, we had on one page we had an ad for "I'll make you a master of karate for dollar ninety nine," oh. and then we have the life size. Oh, show it, show it, hold it up, dummy. hold it up. I got to see Let's this. See. For oh yeah, dude. And these, I mean, you guys know you're, these ads used to be ubiquitous in comic books. You're that, reading this comic. That's what the honest. And you're like a dollar ninety nine for a dummy exactly. to be a ninja, and I can to stab it with my own side. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like yeah, hell yeah. I'm in. You guys ever order anything so, out of a comic? Um, I don't know if I. Oh know, yeah, but um, I. So well, I ordered uh um. What are the little horse? Oh, sea monkeys, sea horses. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. I ordered sea monkeys. I, re- I ordered X-ray specs and never got them. Of course, there's a. Gr- I don't think. I ordered a bunch of there's stuff out great- of comics. For sure. So, Will that that has that has a a comics price guide? The, is that I don't know if it's yeah, mile it's, high um, or whoever it was at the time. Let's see. It's uh, com- it's Moon Dance from Vermont. Okay, what what's what's X Men number one going for? The mail order X Men. Well, let's see. Um, well, we have giant size X Men number one, seventy okay. bucks even back then. Yeah. Oh damn! Wow. That's nineteen eighty. Let's see. Nineteen eighties. Uh, what? Uh, it doesn't have X Men number one. Eighty one. Okay. Well, that's also if that's also like right when you know Phoenix happened. Maybe that's also like yeah, the peak. Phoenix, the like death of Phoenix is seven fifty. <laughs> You know, all this ninja talk, and I just realized I kind of am sporting uh, a, a, a Lee Van Cleef yeah. look from, from, uh, <laughs> from John Carpenter's Escape go. from New York. I got a little bit of a, a little Lee Van Cleef. In space. As I get older, yeah. I think I'm just going to... You're going to lean. You're just going to lean into the Lee. Yeah, man. Lean into, yeah, <laughs> lean into Lee. He had a long and satisfying uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, so... Okay, we know, you know, this is a book that you picked and we've talked extensively about the issue itself, but I wonder, like, can you point to anything in your work as a comic book writer that this directly influenced or indirectly influenced or anything where you, you know, maybe you pulled something out of this issue or or anything um, like that? I don't know if I can think of anything specifically as a professional comic book writer, although sort of the idea of, you know, interesting panel layouts and stripping back the dialogue and that and that sort of thing and i think especially when i was first starting out when i was writing fight scenes i would take books like this down and like see like well how did he do this how do you know how do I, you know how do you stage a fight scene because you know i i know i had a friend doing comics when i was in college and sometimes he would get scripts and it would be like you know pages 14 to 17 and it would just say they fight go nuts and he would yeah <laughs> and he would method. be like i hate Marvel method. you know you got to Give them a little something. So I would always try and work my fight scenes. But the, as I was leafing through this, what I was came to mind almost immediately is I drew a lot of comics as a kid. And I drew even I did small press comics in like college and afterwards, like mini comics before I started writing professionally. But even as a from like, I don't know, junior high and through part of high school, I drew this uh, this series I can't remember if I've told you guys before, but called Frog, where I was like a, it was just this character. Like when I first started drawing him, he was like, he was bionic and he was kind of like a superhero, but he was also like a detective, but he also was like a space guy. Just whatever story I wanted to tell. And I drew like 62 issues of this thing. 
I did just little oh, like wow. little mini Damn. comic sides, but they were about you know like eight pages long. And you know when I first started drawing them, they were really crude. And when I was done, they were still crude, but they were a lot better and also That's way crazy. more. Um, like whatever I was reading, like you can tell when I discovered Burn X Men. You could tell when I discovered Merrill Lynch Daredevil. In fact, I drew one issue where he went to New York for a comic book show, and I drew Frank Miller in it. Like uh-huh. as a character in it, because I found a picture of Frank Miller. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna draw Frank Miller in this. But there are so many fight scenes that I just ripped off of this, and I would start to draw like, because originally I'd just draw six panels, your know, standard grid, and here's where I started. Like, I'll do thin panels, I'll do tall panels, I'll do all that, and it mm-hmm. it just really opened me up to the possibilities of a different way to to tell a story. And a lot of this, you know, you know, Miller, I'm be the first to admit, especially in this era, was you know, very influenced by Eisner. But like I said, I hadn't seen Eisner at this point. And he took Eisner yeah. in some different, you know, Eisner never was that big an action guy. Like you would think, you know, I mean, there were fight scenes in the spirit, but it wasn't like this. Did yeah. I mean, that, at, the, at the Eisner studios, did he come out of that? Did he? Uh, I think he did. Yeah. I think <clears throat> the, the Eisner Iger studios. Oh, no. I know. I want to say that he did briefly, Not but I, I think I don't he was know. like the Simonson yeah. maybe sort of he was just really a little close. bit in his early days, and because yeah. the other it's thing fun. was uh, the thing that's I'm sorry, what? No. I was going to say the thing that's really great about the fight scenes in this comic and Daredevil in general as he's doing it is like um, they the punches have impact, mm-hmm. right? And it's like he does the thing where like um, that I don't think a lot of storytellers always do within comics where it's like, actually, this fight scene is going to be a series of moments of these two characters actually physically making contact with each other. And so like this panel is bullseye hitting her. This panel is Electra hitting him instead of like sort of like here's a montage of a bunch of scenes of a fight. There are moments from the fight. He sort of like yeah, tells the fight. You can see right? like, like there's one page here. This is during their big fight when they're like essentially rolling on the ground and she like goes to wrap her headscarf around his neck and then he just like slams her head into the ground. And it's I mean, it's it. you're right. It's a fight. It feels like it would. This is not a superhero fight you would want to be in. It's not like, you know, big punches and people flying across the room. It looks. Yeah, it hurts. It looks like it hurts. It, there's a lot of times in comics I feel like sometimes you see like a superhero fight or a fight. Well, you're you're not seeing the fight. You're seeing like a moment from the fight before we get to the next part where someone talks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And like part of it I think is like, I don't know if it's Frank being both the, the writer and the artist is like, well, like actually this fight, we're going to see the fight. From beginning to end, like you're not going to see glimpses of the fight. Like you're going to see the whole, mm-hmm. yeah, lean into the oh, lead. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, Lee Van Cleef would agree. But you got to see, like, yeah, I feel like when you see these fights, you see it from beginning to end and you actually know what happens. Mm-hmm. And there's a story told within it as opposed to like, okay, here's like you were saying, like, Pages 14 through 17 is a fight. Right. Go, you know, yeah. like, go crazy and show things, I mean, yeah, you know, okay. and like, and at the end, we'll have them talk to each exactly. other, you know, like, and it's, you're of- right. It's like, those fights are just, they're just because the comic has to have a fight scene. So here's the fight scene. But this, in this, 
um the fight scenes are the story i mean they it's like you know like a yeah. good movie like the dance number will be it won't just be a dance it'll mm-hmm. like tell part of story and it'll reveal character and that's what happens here and you know i'm looking through this and i don't think when they're fighting when electra is fighting bullseye and when daredevil's fighting bullseye there's no dialogue i mean they're not like not yeah. just making quips uh-huh. but they're not, yeah there's none of that it's like yeah, but yeah. Bullseye well, says, like, ah, it's a and then real, he says the one a, line Sal says, but the fight's essentially yeah. over at that point. Yeah, it was. I mean, they this these are these are incredibly highly trained killers who are in. Yeah, a they're fight fighting to, the to death. kill. That's and, the thing. To, I mean, they're to have banter, to have like Spider-Man style banter in the middle of a fight where the other person can easily mm-hmm. kill you. Yeah. Wouldn't and I love. Like, wouldn't make sense, right? The Ditko Spider-Mans are some of my favorite comics ever. And I love those fight yeah. scenes. But that's not this. And, you know, this shouldn't be. And, and no, you know, a lot of early no. Daredevil, like in the Gene Colan stuff, he was bantering it up. You know, he was essentially Spider-Man in a yeah. lot of ways. Bouncing around and swinging yeah. and stuff, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I looked yeah, it up. I mean, in, oh, in, ahead, in the, I was just going to say, in the fight with Daredevil at the end of the issue... There's no, I mean, they don't, as soon as that fight starts, all you, you hear the, or you see the inner monologue mm-hmm. of Bullseye, but there's, they don't say anything the big, until, until he drops them. Yeah, that that's the, the, there's, there's four pages, one, two, three, four, five, five pages of fight and not a mm-hmm. single and he Miller does that, that nice thing There's too when special. they go onto the train tracks and you just get that click 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 you know that's very atmospheric and it adds it it does it adds a tension yeah that you know what i mean like you can hear it click you know and it's like it adds tension to that scene of like oh shit you know like the train's coming and you know it's it's gonna it's it yeah it's a great it's a great you guys are right i don't think until he says, till Daredevil says, you'll kill no one ever again. I don't think Daredevil says anything in this issue. I don't think he says a single word yeah. as Daredevil. And he barely says anything as Matt Murdock. He makes that big court speech, but, and he, maybe he says something in the morgue. But other than that, it, there's not much. Yeah, it's just a little, it's the little conversation that tips him off to that. Right. That yeah. He hears side. him. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, small, small talk, basically. I did a quick uh, spot check. His first published work was at Gold Key Comics on the recommendation oh, okay. of Neil well, Adams, who he had show, shown his work to and, and got. Uh, I also think it's funny that um, back in the 80s, if you wanted to sneak in and pretend to work at the morgue, you could just kill somebody and right. show up and say that they quit. And, like, I got hired. Well, there is that funny line where he's like, yeah. he quit. he's like, he won't be back. <laughs> He won't be. He won't be. He won't be yeah. Good. I mean, you know, again, it's like, you know, Sin City. I mean, I like some of it, not. It's kind of, I think you gave in some of Miller's worst writing impulses, but that's just good, terse, sharp, funny writing. I mean, it's yeah. just, we'll there. Yeah. you know, there's one thing about this because this is 82, like early, very early 82, like 81. 80, late 81. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, this was an yeah, no December of eighty one. Interesting time in comics because, you know, I think I personally think, and I think you guys would probably agree to at least to an extent that when Alan Moore came in, it really changed sort of how comics were written. An idea of how you could write a comic and how you could, you know, he he really was a seismic change, even in comics that weren't. Even comics that didn't reflect how he wrote, they kind of were a reaction against it. Like, we're going to go more, you know, we don't need the, you know, highfalutin writing or this and that. 
But right before that, there were a lot of interesting comics. You know, you could feel comics almost looking for something like we want to take the next step. Like you had this, you had the X-Men to a certain extent, but um, you had, uh, you know, some of the early independents, you had like, you know, first, like you had American flag and you had books like that right before, or maybe right. It was when more was on swamp thing. And when Marvel man was being published and uh, it just feels like comics were, they were all set to become something new, you know, and, and it, and it did, I mean, it, you know, Watchmen and, and a lot of it was due to Miller. I mean, he had in the space of about a year, you had dark Knight, you had year one and you had born again, which are, you know, three all timers and you had electric assassin. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a hell of a run. And, you know, and he said, and it all was because of daredevil because nobody cared about daredevil. So he could do weird stuff on it and they didn't care. Have you ever read the Alan Moore essay about why he likes Frank Miller? I forget. It was in some Marvel UK thing. Mm -hmm. I got to dig it up somewhere and some, it's like in one of those weird Marvel UK books where it's like, here's the captain Britain story plus a daredevil story, you know, like, it was called Daredevils, and there's a whole section in one of the issues where Alan Moore talks about how much he loves Frank Miller in there. I'll, I'll dig it yeah, up and send it to you guys, a, a picture of it, because it's really interesting. In one of those comics, there was also, and I can't remember who drew it, but Alan Moore did a spoof of Frank Miller's Daredevil. I should see if I could dig that up somewhere because it's interesting and it's this era Daredevil and it's like pre-American Alan Moore. So it's all about like how gritty it is and how I think it's called grit. In fact, like the title of the story, Mm -hmm. it's pretty good. It's pretty worth reading. Awesome. Well, going back to your point though, a little bit, I was going to say, you know, the issue before this at Daredevil 180 is like this weird issue where Daredevil goes into the sewers and fights some bizarre yeah. zombie king yeah, yeah. guy that's holding the, wife? the kingpin's right, right. wife. Yeah. 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 And it's like, what a weird contrast between yeah. that issue no, and you're right. this issue. Of like, you know, well, it's almost like a filler yeah. or a throwback of an issue comparatively. Well, what's part of it is, like, oh, I did read that issue zombies. too because I was like, what happens before this issue? <laughs> I was just trying to set my brain. And one of the things I do it's interesting is because I do, I even feel, I feel it in 181, especially is like Frank Miller's kind of like pushing against a lot of the, there's tension with superhero things like secret, like your secret identity is stupid. Of course you'll be found right, out. Right, right. Like, of course, right, like right. someone will figure you're a lawyer, you're up talking, right? Like, <laughs> and the way he presents, that's just like part of the story is of course, so of course someone's going to figure out what you're doing, you know, like, duh. Like, that's what's going to happen, you know? And, like, of course this guy is going to break out of jail. He can use anything as a weapon, you know? Like, he's still within the realm of comics, but is, like, pushing, like, sort of, like, this, like, Daredevil shouldn't have a secret. Of course someone will figure out Daredevil's secret identity. Of course Bullseye will break out. Like, these conventions of how we think comics are, like, what a superhero story is, like, without being, like this is stupid because I don't think that's what it is. He is sort of like pushing against those things in the context of like Daredevil's the type of character who this would happen yeah. to, you know, like, mm-hmm. and like really playing with those elements a lot, which I think makes it so, like makes it resonate for years later. Oh, yeah. 
because you can recognize those things. And I think, you know, when he did, when they did Born Again, where, you know, the whole impetus is Mm -hmm. Kingpin learns Daredevil's secret identity. And then it wasn't, he, you know, Miller was smart enough to not just, Kingpin didn't go on TV and say, he's Daredevil. He didn't even try and kill Matt Murdock. He just slowly took apart his life. You know, that's, I love those issues because I love a story where the hero is, knocked down and down and down and down until finally he climbs back up. And it's just, you know, I mean, there's yeah. so many comics that are just kind of, you know, dark for the purpose of being dark and this and that. And I love a story that has like a, you know, when the hero gets to be heroic and, you know, and, and do something exciting, you can root for him. It's uh, I, that's that one of my favorite Miller comics, just because it's such an old fashioned comic in a way, but with modern plotting and modern twists and you know he did a lot of alan maury kind of stuff in that where how he treated the avengers and captain america as these frightening otherworldly powerful beings that daredevil had virtually no relation you know they were something else like the first time alan moore wrote yeah. the justice league in swamp thing and it was like they're scary you know <laughs> they're you don't know them and they yeah. are not like you and you know now, I mean, now all comics are essentially written like that. But back then, it was, it was yeah. exciting. So, um, so Miller took over originally Daredevil 158 as the artist. He was a cover artist, and he was doing some issues of uh, mm-hmm. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. And then he started working with Roger McKenzie and Klaus Jansen uh, on Daredevil. And, and the art was great, but the stories yeah, were still kind of crappy, and it wasn't. And they were talking about canceling it, and then Denny O'Neill took over as mm-hmm. um, he was editor on this issue, I editor, think. and uh-huh. yeah, and, the great and Denny he, O'Neill. he found another job for um, Mackenzie so that Miller could draw it and or, write and it, write it. Yeah. and uh, and, and that's I think when Miller's it, it first became, you know, issue huge. as writer was Elector's first issue. Uh, one sixty eight. Yeah, yep. First, first full appearance. You know, of, her name uh, is spelled Electra. wrong on that cover. By the way, have you ever noticed that? They put a C yes. in it. I did not <laughs> on the cover. Yeah. First appearance, and there's a big C. Oh, <laughs> so, oh well, we didn't know. Glow, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, nobody. That, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like who's gonna care? These kids don't care. What is that? <laughs> nobody they don't collect it. nobody's gonna buy, read this in six months they won't be reprinted there aren't trade paperbacks of these things <laughs> yeah. yeah there's not gonna be well, four yeah. grown men talking about this 40 some years from yeah, now five years <laughs> yeah you think those uh, little kids buying yeah. off the stands are gonna care <laughs> about it decades later <laughs> they'll have yeah, lives right? and families and to it- deal with <laughs> Yeah. They're not going to have like giant hardcover oh. editions of it. And how are they going to connect? You know, There's not going to be a global web of some kind they can talk to. All right. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Um, well, this was our first under the influence. This was great. I'm so glad you gave me a reason to. Yeah. This. I had a great right? time. It's well, you. We knew that you were going to be our I first. I, I didn't realize I was like, picking such an obvious yeah. book, but I, I'm glad I picked this one. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. So. So you guys didn't, you weren't uh, in the text, um, but this was Will's second yes. choice. And I almost thought we were doing um, a different oh. show tonight. <laughs> so, so Will, Will, of course, picked American Flag number one. 
Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, my man. But we are doing we are doing uh, the American flag, the first six issues as our trade talks, as uh, uh, picked by by Sal. So to, to to entice him to give us another uh, comic to, to to talk about, I I told Will that he can sit in with us uh, whenever we do the the flag, yeah, American flag, the flag trade. Oh talks. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for sure. that'll be in probably a, a week or two, and uh, and we're already uh, reaching out to uh, to other past guests on the show and just friends of ours uh, to come in and do uh, under the influence. So let us know how you liked it. You can uh, just hit us up on all the socials or the emails and and that kind of stuff. But it's something that I think we're we're looking forward to. It uh, it uh, narrows the the focus of what we're talking about and gives us a chance. I mean, we've never had a deep dive on daredevil 181 before. I was thinking today, if I had to do one, what if I, but not a book I've probably talked about in the past. And I was trying to dig up. I was like, what comic book do I really distinctly? Like I was trying to think of like, I remember reading it in one of the most memorable. I remember when I used to go to fleet farm, Mm -hmm. With my dad, not farm and fleet, fleet farm, right? Fleet, fleet farm, farm. Uh-huh. different place, different color scheme, yep. <laughs> different color scheme. Uh, we, my dad, you know, who'd be looking at such things as like, I'm going to buy a length of chain, or I'm going, you know, the type of things you do at Fleet Farm. I would, I, he would let <laughs> me. Pay I have a, shr- I have a shrub I need to pull out of the <laughs> yeah, backyard yeah, was, with exactly. the tops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was gonna be a long. It was gonna be a lot of like a lot of discussion. And Seventeen about, yeah. gallons of kerosene. Yeah, exactly, it was gonna be a trip. So I could pick up something to read at the start, and I would sit in the cart and read it. And sometimes I would pick Mad Magazine. But one time there was a a month or two where Marvel was putting out these like digest sized Spider Man comics that I got really into when I was like, I must've been like seven. It was like right when I first read comics for the first time. And like, I remember reading and like, I was young enough that I was so totally, I like, I didn't, I didn't know anything. I, I knew who Spider-Man was, because it was a cartoon, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't know these were old. You know, like, it was just like, yeah, it's Spider-Man, you know, so you're reading them. So I read, like, I remember reading the one where, um, Gwen Stacy's dad dies and being like, oh my oh. god, I can't believe that that he knew that Peter Parker was spy-. and I remember being in the cart at Fleet Farm reading this like very poorly printed, like digest sized <laughs> one and being like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened as my dad's you know, looking at like, you know, wood paneling <laughs> like the right size of it Excellent. Well, was the first comic, maybe the first comic I ever remember reading is uh, my mom bought it for me when I was like, I don't know, five or six, whatever year it was, like for a trip to grandma's house. And it was the oh, Spider-Man, I want to say 122. It's where Green Goblin dies after Gwen. It's like the yeah. issue after oh. Gwen Stacy dies and Green Goblin yeah. dies. And it is so depressing for a child. It's like, it's like Green <laughs> it's a- Goblin dies, Gwen Stacy dies. <laughs> Everybody hates Spider-Man. I mean, they hate him. Harry Osborn is on PCP, like, and he won't talk to Peter. It's like so bad. It's negative. It is. And as a little kid, yeah. I'm like, this Who? isn't what the cartoon yeah. is like. What is this? 
Yeah, who wrote Where's Iceman? Conway wrote that yeah, Jerry Conway did the death of the Stacys and all that. You know, you hear you uh, why he killed Gwen Stacy. Why? He hated the character because it was based on Stan Lee's wife. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's a rumor. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess Jerry's the only one left of that group to tell that story. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw him at a comic con uh, here in uh, Milwaukee a couple years back. So, um, so Will, um, he, the, the other, how could he hate Joan? Joan Lee, right, Joe, right? <laughs> Come on. What the, um, yeah, what the, the other the other thing is that because it's not the most influential comic to you, uh, we'll let people know that um, it, this doesn't uh, um, mean that we can't have people back. Uh, as return guests to talk about other comics that have influenced. Obviously, them. I would so love to be. This back, won't be yes, the last time. Yeah. You know, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> not immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Why was I not invited back immediately? Right. Why are we recording another episode right now? <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i think that you know are we are we good we still want to keep these around an hour or so is that uh you know all all set um will uh we obviously have to ask you what you're up to you know thank you for for coming and being our first guest on this but what um, do you have I'm going still on still writing the nine for uh interpop comics it's an online comic um it's a big crazy superhero action and you can read it for free if you go to inter interpop all one word, comics.com. And there's like a section like right. read for free and you can read some past issues. And it's like, it's fun though. It's, it's, it's superheroes you've never heard of, but, uh, but it's, it's big, crazy cosmic. It's very unlike this issue of Daredevil. Nice. <laughs> not, not gritty, not gritty and <laughs> women it's getting stabbed yeah. through their spine. <laughs> wow. Oh, forget it then. Then, then of course you're, uh, you're one of the constants That's on right, film, film force five. five. Part of the, the larger AC family, and uh, oh, and we can't forget that. Uh, are you still doing the part time uh, DJ am. gig um, with me, uh, Dog? I'm doing a weekly radio show. Uh, it's an hour long. It airs on see Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central Time, and then it replays on the weekends. If you go to my Facebook page or Twitter, you can find out when it's airing, and that's on suburbsradio.com. It's so much fun; it's just digging in my record collection. And so, and this the upcoming episode uh, for next week will be all movie songs, but different movie songs. At least two from oh. Russ Meyer movies. So, there we go. Oh, nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was just watching. Uh, what was I watching? Super Vixens. I mean, that's the thing about his movies are so crazy, but they're perfectly edited and perfectly shot. I mean, the guy knew what he was doing. He was just telling insane stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Will. We appreciate it. And an awesome 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 issue of course and yeah i don't i don't have anything else i think we we covered yeah. it pretty damn well i'm glad we didn't we, come in with like you know eight ball number tempting four. tempting i i can't i am very interested at, at some point like i want to get to the point where it's like somebody picks something that i've never read right and and you know what i mean like in something that maybe or maybe something yeah, that, that, I didn't that would like. be interesting I think. or you know what i mean that yeah yeah oh, um happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. But, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Will. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, we got Film more Force 5, uh, Force 5 episodes. 
coming up, and uh, and then you'll be back uh, to help us uh, navigate the uh, trade talk flag, yeah. on American Flag, the first six issues, and uh, and yeah, um, we're gonna work on on more guests for this. Uh, we'll hopefully get to the point that we give you uh, like a week's heads up so you can uh, so you can read the uh, the comic at home before we talk about it. I think would be fun. So we're working towards that. In the meantime. In between time, we'll be everywhere in hand around comics. Oh, we didn't we didn't do drink roll call. What the hell? It's, oh, uh, yeah, I'm drinking tea. I'm drinking I'm old canned water. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a sidecar. Mm. Oh, very nice. I had a te- I had a I had a uh, tequila squirt or a hillbilly <laughs> margarita. Is there no? There you go. Oh, I love yeah, a I bourbon and squirt. I do love a bourbon. I love and a bourbon and squirt. Chris introduced me to the beauty Whiskey of the bourbon sour, and baby. squirt. Yep, tequila and squirt is is an excellent, interesting mix. I've got some mezcal sure. and some squirt. I may I may do that. I'm I'm telling you, the tequila and squirt is an interesting combination. Yeah. It's it's a different, it's a different thing. We want to talk cocktails, boys. All right, let's <laughs> <do> that. <laughs> we can do we that. Can do that. We can do that. We can turn this off and just talk cocktails <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 have a true drink re- roll call next week. Next time. All right. right. Bye bye.